Today we hear a continuation of our gospel reading from last week. So to to really understand our gospel reading today, we're going to have to kind of go back and forth from last week's gospel and this week's gospel. So I would like to begin our, the homily today with three questions. But like all the questions I like to pose in the homily, I would like to invite everyone to dive deeper into those questions. Because it's so easy for us to give the catechism question, answer, respond the way we're called to in RE, But I I can read that out of the catechism. I can get it from RE classes. I can get it out of the Bible. But I want us to dive deeper into our own reality, our own life, our own struggles, to answer these questions honestly and genuinely. The three questions today. First, who is God? Second, does God exist? And finally, why does God exist? In our gospel reading today, we hear a question being posed to Jesus, to Jesus isn't he the son of Joseph? That question may seem out of place and really weird, But Luke recalls it and writes it into his gospel because it poses a very interesting question and dilemma for us. That question strikes and asks the audience to recognize, to have honor and to bring prestige to the family. A son, a child needs to follow in their father's footsteps. So for Jesus, therefore, to bring honor to his family He should have been a carpenter. He had no right to be in the synagogue to do what he was doing. Then last week we hear he reads the scroll of Isaiah, closes the scroll, and says this prophecy has come to fulfillment. So what is that saying? If we track back to what he said in the gospel reading last week, Once the scroll of Isaiah was read, he said the good news of the poor, the good news will be proclaimed to the poor, freedom to the prisoners, and sight to the blind. Those were the three things he promised will come to fulfillment. And if we look very carefully to how it was phrased and put together, It summarizes Jesus' mission and purpose on this world. Where he brings good news to the poor. We look at Leviticus 25. A jubilee year. A year where all things will return to its proper owner. If any debt was collected, it would be returned or canceled. If you were slave, you would be free. You'd be released from all captivity and be liberated from all oppressors. 
freedom then to bring good news. What is that good news? If we look at the word in its original context, Hebrew, the word is anai, which means bringing freedom to the lowest of the low, bringing the good news to those that have been pushed out by society or social outsiders, people from other cultures, people from the area. But what is it also interesting is that word also means the poor of life choices. Those who've made decisions that have put themselves outside of religious circles. So what is he then really bringing about? What is he saying when the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled in your hearing? He is saying, I as God am bringing love into this world. Or the simple phrase, God is love. That is the reason why we hear in our gospel reading today at the end, where the people of his hometown decides to push him out, to escort him out of the city, but yet he was able to get away in the midst of the crowd. Because to come into a world and say, I'm going to bring love, I'm going to bring these prophecies to fulfillment, for them was crazy. Because what were they expecting? What were they hoping for? They were hoping for a king, a Messiah, to bring salvation, to bring peace, prosperity to their people. Not a king that comes in to bring love. And so we go through how and why he brings that love to us. That love is how we come to recognize, to come to encounter God. Everything we do is a way in which we encounter and come to find God through our brothers and sisters, through encounters of God in the world and the created world. We come to the altar here as an encounter of love. The sacraments in which we receive become the conduit in which God outpours his love for each and every one of us. But do we come and recognize and see that? Because we see love in so many different ways. We want to see love as this feeling, this bubbly emotion that we have in our gut and say that is love. For us, that's not true love. We see in our first, second reading today from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians who lived out a life just like you and I. They believed love was power, love was pleasure, Love was prestige. St. Paul writes back to the community of Corinth and say, my dear brothers and sisters, that is not love. But I will tell you exactly what is love. He shares with the community 
15 characteristics of what is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love never fails. But let us look at it and apply it to God then. When we say God is love, what are we saying? Let's begin with the first one. Love is patient. God so loved you and I that he's never accused us, never left us abandoned, never left us alone. He's been patiently waiting at our side, walking with you and I every moment of our lives, whether we choose to admit it, to recognize it, or to see it. But he loves us that much that he has walked with us every day. Love is kind. As human beings, our will, our desires have been weakened because of original sin. We choose to turn away from God. We choose to do wrong and fail to love those around us that much more. But yet God doesn't condemn us. He doesn't say you're a failure in my life. But instead, he gives us the sacrament of confession where we come and apologize and ask for his grace, his strength. And instead of saying you're not going to fix yourself, he knows that we're, never, we're struggling to amend our lives and change our ways. But yet he doesn't say, my love stops here with you because you keep falling down. You keep committing sin. Instead, through the sacrament of confession, he says, I love you that much more. I will help you become better. I will outpour my grace on you so that you can be more loving. So that you can follow me. Love is not jealous. Going back to the community of Corinth, where, where they have set power, pleasure, prestige as their God. These people were faithful people that followed, that converted their ways to become Christian, but yet set power, prestige, and pleasure above God. He wasn't jealous. He gives us the time to recognize that that is not God. That is not the ultimate end. And that doesn't inform and give us purpose, meaning, and a fullness of life. Finally, love never fails. Let us look through salvation history. We as human beings love a great novel, a great love story because it speaks directly to our hearts. Look through salvation history. God created us first to know, to love, to serve him in this life and in the life to come. But what is that? So that we can be in right relationship with him. But what happened? Humanity decides to leave God's love, to leave that loving embrace of God, and to leave that family of love. 
what do we have? We have the Tower of Babel. We have throughout Exodus people going through the desert where God promised a promised land for them and all they had to do was trust in God. But instead, they turned away from God. Even though he's fed them, he's taken care of them, he's provided for what they need, that was still never enough. We go throughout their journey and we see the prophets, Moses, try to do God's will and unable to do so. We go throughout our New Testament readings in which God heals these people from their infirmities, their sickness, as a way to demonstrate and show that he loves each and every one of us. But yet we cast him away and said, no, that's not love. And the most beautiful image of love is that crucifix. But yet, we as human beings still don't believe that is the biggest and most important sign of love. So then he gives us the church to become the disposition and the conduit through which we give God's grace, God's love, and he makes himself present at the altar at every mass through the words of consecration. And yet we still have trouble seeing that love. So my dear brothers and sisters, who is God? Is God love or is he not? Does God exist to love us, to share that love with us, or does he not? I don't know about you, my dear brothers and sisters, but I firmly believe that God is love. He's walking with each and every one of us every day of our lives, whether we choose to recognize it or not, whether we choose to see it or not. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is what true love is. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, Love does not envy. Amen.